Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things? Things are great. How are you? We got one week in the books. I think we know more than we used to. Maybe some crazy stuff happened for sure. A couple injuries. Much, much, much to discuss. All, always surprises, even one week in, and always, uh, always things to react to, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. But I had a good fantasy week. I won... I won the majority of my games. I've started out well. I had a lot of Tyreek Hill, so that helped. Yeah, you're a big fan. Good work. He's he's tearing it up. Matt, today we have a great guest, one of my good friends. We've got Jeff T. Fertiller from Football Guys. Jeff, how are things with you? I am awesome. Thanks for inviting me. I enjoy talking football, especially week one. I think we have more to talk about than other weeks, even though we may not know as much as we think we know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's well said. I, I thought about that the other day that we get all this week went, week one information and we want to start, uh, I, I guess, adjusting what we thought just a few days ago, and and sometimes we go too far with that. So I don't know, Jeff. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you decide what to react to and what's a case of overreaction? Which is uh, again exactly what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> I, I try to use the context against what I thought I knew ahead of time. So let's take your Tyreek Hill. I thought I knew that he was going to be the focal point of the offense, and I was way out on Sammy. I was way out. I had him like receiver 40 or something crazy. And so this was – I try not to get into the confirmation bias, but I try to add that the new stuff is context instead of adding only looking at the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? If we only look at – Nelson Aguilar's stats on last Thursday night, we think he stinks, but we have to add the context. Well, maybe it's because Nick Foles was throwing to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's that, it's that fine balance of taking this new information, uh, this new data, these new, uh, this new injury news, whatever it might be, and like you said, Jeff, balancing it with what we already knew or at least what we thought we knew. And we, what the result is is – Player value is changing rapidly, uh, and th- those are that's some of what we're going to be talking about today. I, I saw um, Dwayne Brown, our, our buddy at DLF, and uh, we've had Dwayne on the show. I saw him say this a couple of times over the past couple of weeks on Twitter, that he wants to react without overreacting. So today we're going to run through every single game of the week one slate, and... I'm simply going to give you guys a scenario that 
uh, a, a dynasty owner might do following that game or, or might be at least considering. And I just want to know if this is a reaction or an overreaction. So meaning if it's a reaction, it's inappropriate based on what we learned. Jeff, like you said, based on what we already knew, it makes sense. Or if it's an overreaction, maybe we need to slow down just a little bit. Does that make sense, guys? I like it. I like it. And I think, actually, this is a great time to pounce on jittery owners. You know, throw some trades out there. Right. Whether we're overreacting or not, we know somebody in our league is. Somebody is For sure. going to be overreacting, and, and we can take advantage. We'll start with that Thursday night game, the Eagles and the Falcons. Devontae Freeman did not have a great game, just 36 yards rushing, 14 yards through the air. Also left the game with a knee injury. Doesn't look like it's too serious, but we know he missed time last year with the injury, and now here it is popping up again. If I sell Devontae Freeman for a random future first-round pick, is that reacting or overreacting, Jeff? I think it's overreacting, but I do want to point out, and you were talking about the market and the value. It's my opinion that the market's going to be a week or two behind savvy owners. Savvy owners will be the one dictating the market where we sometimes are saying, what does the market say? And the good owners are a week in advance. But I'll say, I'll give a random first rounder, especially one of McDowell's, you know, 112 in the, in the every dynasty league for Freeman. <laughs> right. Because Coleman's a free agent after the year. But it, this really begs the question, How? what do you think of Sarkeesian as an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, I, I don't think much. And I don't know that I'm ready to sell Freeman. I still think that falls in that overreaction category. But I'm worried about the offense in general. We saw a, a rough year last year. We certainly saw a rough debut. And I'm sure you guys saw the talk on Twitter and message boards and things that that – that next day after the game, how long is Sarkeesian going to last as as OC? Matt, what are your thoughts on the Falcons, Freeman, Sarkeesian? Yeah, I'm closer to a reaction as opposed to overreaction that you guys said. And first of all, I don't know that it's a bad offense, though, or the Sark is a bad coordinator. I mean, last year, the numbers really showed that they moved the football almost as well as any team in the league. But they had very few possessions, and they also really struggled in the red zone. Well, I don't feel any better about the red zone play calling, that's for sure. But I am pretty convinced that Matt Ryan's better than he looked on Thursday night. That being said, this whole offseason, I've been preaching to dump Freeman anyway. I mean, it seems like that stage of his career, with his lack of great bulk and size, as well as his really rugged interior running style, that the end is probably sooner than later. Yes, I said this was an overreaction. Maybe I'm more of in in the middle ground. I do think Freeman is a sell right now. I don't know if getting a random first-rounder is enough. I think maybe the play is to package him with something, maybe a first-rounder, and try to get one of those uh, good young running backs that are all throughout the league. Let's move on to the next game, Giants, Jaguars, in my running back rankings, I'm going to move Saquon Barkley to my overall RB1 in Dynasty ranks. Is that an overreaction or an appropriate reaction? Overreaction. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I was, I'm was. i with you. I think it's an overreaction. 
if we're down on the Falcons for a bad offense, are we going to now think that the Giants are okay with an aging Eli? And uh, I still like him, I, but I'm not willing to uh, kill off the uh, the the older guys like I say older like Zeke and Johnson and all those guys yet for Barkley, even though I like Barkley a lot. I absolutely adore Barkley, and I think he very well could be the consensus one this time next year. I don't think you have to squint too hard to see that. But to me, he was not my 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 one a week ago when the season started, and he had a nice run, but he isn't my one now either. So Barkley finished with 128 total yards. He did have that one long touchdown run. Was was really struggling overall until that. Um, Maybe maybe more of the conversation is moving Alvin Kamara to the overall RB1. Mm. That's the next game we're going to talk about. But instead of Kamara, I want to talk about one of these rookie running backs. Ronald Jones, we know he was a healthy scratch for that game. Things not looking, uh, looking too good for him early in the season. If I sell Ronald Jones for a random second-round pick, reaction or overreaction, Matt? Overreaction, I went to Jones' side of that deal. We have heard nothing good, basically, about him since he's been drafted, but uh, some of our guests warmed me up to him going into the draft. And I don't think the the obstacles for playing time are that drastic, and clearly this offense can score a couple points. I mean, not that Fitzpatrick's going to play like that every week, but I would rather have Jones than a random second. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, overreact. I'll take Jones easily on that but i'd probably give more just because he was talented at usc we have to believe that what we saw in college is him even though he's struggling in the passing game and all those things that we heard in camp we still have to believe our eyes what we saw at usc i think so so jeff you're going as i guess as far as to say you you'd be buying jones for a second round pick and maybe even more oh yeah all right so let me ask this I think, let me say it this way, I think Jones is worth Peyton Barber in a second. Agreed. Would you rather have Jones or the McDowell 112? I think I'd take Jones, because that, that 112 is such a crap shoot every year anyway. Yeah. Other than McDowell always hits his. Right, it's always yeah. his. That's why yeah, he stays there every year. I wish. Man, I need to hang out with you guys some more. This is, <laughs> this is feeling good. All right, let's... Well, Ryan, what was your choice there? Uh, yeah, no, I think it's an overreaction, too. I, I haven't been necessarily a fan of Jones. I'm... I'm with you, Matt, that uh, Adam Spinks certainly uh, had some glowing things to say mm-hmm. about him, and, and I kind of bought in a little bit to that. But uh, overall, I've had my concerns. But still, if you spent a first-round pick on Jones, and, and most likely you did if he's on your roster, I think it's just too early to, to cash out. Do you know who I have some glowing things to say about? Our friends at Squad QL. This is pretty cool, guys. Listen up. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Of course you do. You're listening to us. Of course you want that. Well, look no further and download Squad QL. It's the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, your bench players, your free agent pool. And you're over there asking, you know, how does Squad QL actually know this? How do they do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league's scoring system, as well as everyone else's roster and all the free agents. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, 
and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download the SquadQL app, all your, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, which is the, lady, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by well over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free at both Apple and Android. Guys, our next game is the Texans-Patriots. Wasn't quite as close as uh, many people thought, despite the, the close score. Didn't feel that close if you were watching that one. Philip Dorsett had a nice game for the Patriots. Seven targets, seven catches, 66 yards, one touchdown. He's on the waiver wire in my league. I'm going to spend half of my yearly money, waiver money, on Philip Dorsett. Jeff, is that an overreaction, or is that something I should be doing? I watched this game closely. I'm going to say overreaction. Hogan had one catch. I think it won't, maybe not this coming week due to the opponent, but there were, this is the, this is the Patriots. This is the spread it around offense. Plus Edelman's coming back in three weeks or four, however you want to look at it. And they just lost Jeremy Hill. So I'd, I'd rather buy uh, James White off the waiver wire than Dorsett. How about that? I like that. I don't know. I wish White was on my waiver wire. I'd definitely be buying him. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Overreaction? Half your annual money on Philip Dorsett. Yeah, overreaction. But, I mean, clearly if he's on waivers, I'm putting a bid in. I'm thinking like 25-30%. I own him in two leagues. I picked him up a couple weeks ago, which I'm pretty happy about. And I think I'm going to shop him like crazy right now. What What are you looking for? How about a future second? Does that does that get done in a heartbeat? Am I not asking enough? Uh, no, I think I think that would be probably best case for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You might have to, might might have to sweeten have to it toss up. Toss in a third to get that. Uh, I think it's an overreaction, but but I agree. I I would throw a throw a bid on him, but fifty percent feels a little bit rich at this point. Uh, we we've seen the injury history, and we and honestly, we've just seen him disappoint. Uh, throughout his career so far but former first round pick he's he's a speedster he's of course got the best quarterback in the league throwing to him uh so some some good things for philip dorsett hey, Ryan, next game Ryan, can yes. i jump in hey he's the kind of guy that if I, he's on my roster like he, matt that i use to try to package to get a ronald jones or i package mm, to yeah, get a like freeman that. those are the kind of guys if i don't believe in them i'm trying to turn them for guys I do believe in. And I just wanted to interject that in there to say, you know, if you if you believe in Dorsett, and, and he has his share of believers, now's the time to buy him. But if you don't, turn him into somebody you do. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And a lot of times when we talk about trade value, we do that in terms of rookie picks because that's kind of the universal currency. But uh, I think you make a good point that, uh, if you dig a little deeper and really work those trade lines a little bit harder, you might be able to uh, get a player that you actually like on your roster instead of Philip Dorsett. 49ers and the Vikings next game. I am going to start George Kittle as my tight end every week moving forward, moving him into my starting lineup with no questions asked, not worried about matchup. He's my automatic starter. 
Matt, appropriate reaction or overreaction? Yeah, pretty much appropriate reaction. I mean, I would probably rank him fifth or sixth in that neighborhood for redraft rankings right now. I mean, in terms of, you know, about if I have Gronk, I'm going to start Gronk over him, obviously. The, you know, that goes without saying, and Kelsey sure. and Ertz and those guys. But uh, I think he's that next year. Jeff, what do you think? I don't think it's a reaction. The funny part about it is we have Gronk in his own tier, but then that next tier, or we lost Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, but that next tier with, and I'm, I'm making up a tier, Ertz now has full throwing to him for a few weeks. Kelsey's fighting for targets with now Sammy Watkins. Jimmy Graham is still trying to figure out a role on the Packers. You know, you can make a case for a half a dozen guys that, so I would all, I would take, the Kittle side on this. I would very much consider him an every week starter because there's a bunch of guys that flopped like Austin Hooper, Clay, you know, a bunch of guys that flopped this week that I would rather have Kittle. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. And, and Jeff, you mentioned that the injuries to Olsen and Walker, uh, those guys were both being viewed as every week starters. So now uh, whether we like it or not, two, two other guys are going to move into that range and Kittle is certainly in line to be one of them. And then if you're thinking Dynasty, we value David Njoku and O.J. Howard and Mike Gesicki uh, pretty highly, but those guys aren't necessarily every week starters uh, or not ready to be every week starters yet. So, yeah, Kittle makes a lot of sense. We all agree on that one. Next game, the Colts and the Bengals. I am going to try to acquire Joe Mixon after this game, and I'm going to use one of these other sophomore running backs to get him. I'm going to trade Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey to get Joe Mixon. Mixon had 149 total yards. He had a touchdown. And most importantly, he dominated that backfield work. I think Gio Bernard just had a handful of touches, and that was it. Uh, Jeff, is this an overreaction to to flip one of those running backs for Mixon? I think so. Even though one or two of those guys I'm not real high on, I just I, I don't have any faith in the Bengals. I don't have any faith in um, that offense. And I, I do want to pick on you just a smidge, Ryan, that you I live in the state of Oklahoma, and you pick the Hill and Mixon, the two guys that, that got in trouble for uh, abusing females at college. You know, so it's pretty interesting just that, you know, how we, we all too soon forget is all I meant. But I will say it's way too easy, too early. But if you don't believe in Mixon, now's a great time to throw a third round pick at the Gio Bernard owner. That's a good thought. Matt, what about you? Hunt, Fournette, McCaffrey, those are all guys that were being ranked and valued ahead of Mixon uh, just a couple weeks ago. All of those guys had... Slightly disappointing games, I think it's fair to say. Of course, Fournette has the injury as well. Are you are you flipping any of those guys for Mixon? Um, I don't think so yet. But I've been extremely high on Mixon, and I had them. I had him right with that crew to begin with, and sort of expected this. Um, but he doesn't run against Colts every week. I mean, I think the Colts are going to be a very favorable defense. I still like McCaffrey better. I don't love Hunt and Fournette, but. I don't think I'm making that swap. I'm going to say, I'm going to go against you guys and say this is a a reasonable reaction. Uh, I at least think, and you kind of said this, Matt, that they're in the same tier. Meaning, 
if I have one, I'm probably not trading one for the other. Um, it, it certainly would be difficult if I have Mixon already to trade him for Fournette with this hamstring injury. We know those seem to linger, and uh, both Hunt and McCaffrey didn't perform as we thought they might in that first game, uh, though, though, of course, still plenty of time, and that's why we're talking about some of these players today. Next game, Browns and Steelers. Uh, and, Matt, we do this every time pretty much. So before we get into the specific question, we'll just see if you, got, if you have any update on the Steelers and, of course, specifically Le'Veon Bell. No, no news. Um, I do think there's another angle, though, that would, would – is just as this is what I would do if I were the Steelers, was I would get in touch with Bell and say, hey, things are good here. Connor's running really well. Well, they've tied the Browns. not that good. Um, but we know you're worried about your workload. How about you and James split things for the next month or two? We give you more, we give you more, we give you more, keep you as fresh as possible for a hopeful playoff run, but we don't just throw you in the mix and give you 85% of the touches for maybe the next, maybe the whole regular season. I mean, that's how I would handle it. I don't know if he wants to hear that or not. Yeah, of course, We, with the situation, the holdout, we've heard, uh, we, we just keep hearing that he's going to be back, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's going to be back on Wednesday. Wednesday came and went. He's going to be back on Saturday. That came and went. He, he never showed up. Uh, and, and he still hasn't shown up. So the, the last I heard was he'll be back sometime in the next couple of weeks. But we know it could be as far, or I guess as late as week 10, that this holdout continues. We don't think it'll continue past then. Uh, Matt, you alluded to James Conner. Of course, he did have a great game uh, on Sunday in week one, 195 total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and he's kind of the talk of the dynasty world now. Is it an overreaction to give a first-round pick for James Conner, Jeff? Yes. And I can I offer a, another perspective on Bell? Sure. If he gives sure. up $14.5 million, or a big chunk of it this year, right? And then he gets a moderate ta- a moderate contract next year. I mean, a good one, right? And then there's a work stoppage in 2020. He's really losing a lot of his big producing money, you know, money years, right? Because he's 26. He'll cash in when he's 27 and then lose money on when he's 28. And I think that needs to be considered from his point of view as well. Right. Um, I mean, it's crazy that he gives up 850 grand a week in order to make more money. In a in a time where he could lose most some of 2020, I think 2020 needs to be factored in. Is all I was trying to say mm-hmm. is that that you know Richard Sherman talked about it. Hey, these guys need to strike. You know, giving up it that much every week plus possibly two years from now having a work stoppage needs to be factored in. But Ryan, your question, I don't give up a first round pick for Connor. Um, I remember watching him in college. I thought he was good, but I don't first round picks are guys that we believe in. And I don't believe in Connor. I think that D'Angelo Williams showed us that Pittsburgh's got knows what they want to do. And if nothing else, I would use Connor to go get one, somebody I believed in at maybe a little bit to get bell. Right. How about if I offer Connor and a moderate receiver or second rounder or second and third for bell? Yeah, I like that idea, and, and I agree with you. Uh, I've been suggesting Connor as as a sell for 
um, a few days now prior to the game and, and still after the game. Of course, I was impressed with his play, and he, he put up some great numbers. But the things that I know about Connor are still the same. He's got, uh, he's got a history of injuries, including a major knee injury. Uh, he struggled as uh, as a rookie last year, and we're not sure if, in fact, we're we're far from certain that he will be the running back going forward. And of course, if you could tell me he Bell's gone next year and he's the starter, then that would change my opinion. But based on what we know now, I don't think so. See, I think I can tell you with a lot of certainty, Bell will be gone next year. Connor will be the starter, but there'll be a second round pick and ball. In the backfield, too. Or something like that. Okay. So what do you think, Matt? Are you giving a first-rounder for Connor? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Um, And then on Bell, the the only other thing I wanted to ask you about, Matt, at this point, I mean, things have gotten kind of ugly there a little bit. I mean, you hold out for a new long-term contract. Does he even want to be in Pittsburgh anymore at this point? I don't know. Um, from to pull back the curtain a little, what I've been told about Le'Veon is he is not that he's wishy-washy, but he he doesn't like to let people down. He you know he's one of those guys that yeah we'll get together next week and or yeah we're going to that party and then uh, no I can't do it you know like tells everyone what they want to hear and yeah. in the moment yeah and and with a little bit of maturity and my hunch is just knowing people like that if you feel like the whole locker room's mad at you you might not be super excited to go back there yeah yeah that's that's a good point we'll see what happens again certainly the the talk of the dynasty world right now we'll continue watching that until bell returns and uh when he does i think connor loses a ton of, excuse me, a ton of value just almost immediately, which is one reason I think he's a sell right now. Let's move on to the Titans and the Dolphins. Uh, Marcus Mariota did not look good. Uh, just over 100 passing yards, two interceptions, no touchdown, left the game with an elbow injury, actually left the game a couple of different times. Uh, but Sam Darnold looked pretty good on, on Monday night. I'm going to trade Marcus Mariota for Sam Darnold in my two-quarterback league. Matt, what do you think about that move? A little too hasty for me. Um, I really love Darnold's poise. I think of an aspect here that's really important is the Jets have a bazillion dollars in cap available cap space this offseason, so they may go get an offensive line, you know, a number one receiver. So his situation might look a lot better a year from now than it does right now. Bob has been such a Mariota supporter, and trust me, that that limb is getting a little weaker. He looks really bad, and you know, I saw him live here in week three. He came to Pittsburgh, and I thought he looked terrible. But I think it's just more adjusting to the system, and that Dolphins-Titans marathon game was one of the games I kind of want to throw out of my databank and just be like, that was just a weird turn of events. Maybe that's all a mirage. Yeah, I definitely agree about that part that it's in some ways it's tough to really take much away from that game with the delays and just the nasty conditions and everything else. Jeff, what what about you? Mariota for Darnold, reaction or overreaction? Well, I own him in one of the kitchen sink leagues, Ryan. I own both. I have the enviable pleasure of having he and Winston on the same team. Thankfully, <laughs> I have the, ro- the, the guys who are rookies, but 
it occurred to me that I've been hasty in trying to sell Winston when I really probably should try to sell Mariota since he does have fans. And that's a run-oriented offense. We're, I think we're way too soon trying to ordain that as a McVay copycat offense. You I'll buy Winston saying. off you. <laughs> I wish you were in that league. <laughs> uh, I, I say that because I don't, I don't know. I like the weapons that Winston has. I don't really, unless you're a huge Corey Davis fan, what is there to be excited about in the Titans offense other than Mariota? Yeah, things things are not looking good for that team. And again, these are these are how our, our feelings about these players change really quickly. Uh, I'm I'm still a big fan of Taewon Taylor, but he barely got used. We know about the Walker injury that certainly changes uh, the overall look of that offense. I actually think I would do this move. I, I recognize that it's an overreaction, but at this point, I I think I'm probably pulling the trigger, and I'm just going to say this is an appropriate reaction. Uh, move Mariota, get Darnold in my uh, on my roster, and and maybe even in my lineup. You might get extra in that deal, Ryan. Right. Two weeks, two weeks from now, with Mariota having one more bad game out of the next two, and Darnold having one more good game out of the next two, people will think it's flipped. That's what I was saying earlier about this is the time to move the market, not have the not pay attention to the market. And I don't think it's an overreaction to say. Darnold is a major asset in a two QB lead. Next game, it's this is another one. It's hard to have many important takeaways at all. The Ravens and the Bills. The Ravens just destroyed the Bills in in every aspect. Yet, if you look at the Ravens' box score, uh, their their players didn't uh, didn't put up big numbers either. I know they had their reserves in uh, early in the or I guess the middle of the third quarter. So. That kind of um, flatlined some of that, but this was a rough game to watch. Uh, on the Bills side, LaShawn McCoy, he was viewed as, uh, I, I guess, the only real relevant piece from that Bills offense, and he did nothing either. 21 total yards. I'm going to sell LaShawn McCoy for a future second-round pick. I'm just getting out of the McCoy business. Jeff, is that an overreaction? Yes, because I think you'll have a better time to sell when they play another team. And I, you know, Nathan Peterman was quarterback. Of course, Baltimore and their stud D line is going to stack the line. Cause I mean, it's Peterman and it's not like Josh Allen's any better. I just think you'll have a better time to sell since you're trading for a future asset that you can't cash in. Now you might as well wait and try to sell a little bit higher. If you don't believe in them. That's fair, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, I think those are all good points. But I've been saying for a while that the Bills are the worst team and the worst offense in the league. It's They have nowhere to go but up. It's not going to be that ugly every week. But McCoy, to me, is if you can get anything for him at this point, I'll, I'll just get out, take him for a second. Yeah, this is, this is another one. I kind of feel like I'm on the fence here. Um, I guess I'll take the easy way out and say if I'm contending, I'll probably just keep him. Uh, and if not, like you said, Matt, get anything you can for him and uh, certainly would take a second-round pick. So I'm going to say this is an appropriate reaction. And honestly, even two or three weeks ago, I'm not sure he was worth much more than a second. I don't think you could get a first for him then, so maybe maybe that value is not too far off. Uh, Ryan, where was he in the last ADP, the ones that just finished? 
Yeah, we have brand new ADP just hit the site. Let's see if I can uh, find that for us here. Would you would you be as drastic if you're a contender to, or, or if you're not the contender? If you're just looking to dump them, would you dump them for a guy like Philip Lindsay straight up? I, I probably wouldn't. Um, Sounds crazy, I, I, but I think, right. Yeah, I think I'd almost just rather have the second round pick if I'm uh, if I'm not contending. Uh, so McCoy's September ADP and. Uh, this was collected before games began, was 58. Uh, just for some reference, he's between DJ Moore and Alshon Jeffrey. So, of course, those guys are still carrying plenty of value in, in different ways. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think you could sniff either one of those for him right now. No. I know that. No way. Next game, another, another ugly one. This is a little bit of a theme from week one. Panthers <laughs> and Cowboys. We saw the Greg Olson injury, and we finally heard uh, that it is a, uh, a re-injury of that broken foot that he dealt with last year. Last year it cost him uh, a little over half the season, I believe, and now um, there, there's already talk that this may be it for him. It, it, at least Olson came out with a statement that he does plan to play again this year, but I think when you release that kind of statement, uh, or, or when, even when you realize you have to release that kind of statement, I think that kind of goes to speak to it speaks to what everyone was thinking, I guess. So who knows? We may never see Greg Olson uh, on the field again. I hope we do, but uh, it, it's certainly up in the air right now. His replacement is going to be the rookie Ian Thomas from Indiana. I think they spent a fourth-round pick on him. Had some good reports out of camp and, and out of the preseason. I'm going to spend 25% of my waiver money to get Ian Thomas on my roster. Matt, is that an overreaction or is that a, is that a good move? That's a good move. I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I look at their upcoming off season and think it's probably not going to be about adding skill position guys, more like linemen and secondary. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Olsen doesn't play again. And if so, maybe he's just a role player. I think Thomas is an athletic guy. Um, I like the player a lot. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Maybe even more. Jeff, what about you? I agree, especially when I was big on Thomas ahead of time. I had him tied in four or five in the class. But, uh, you know, the thing about it is there aren't very many good young tight ends. And so that are that are starter viable, you know. The other thing about when you mentioned about Olsen, anybody that denies something is really admitting that it's a topic. And so, you know, he's admitting that that's on the table. But I would say if you can get Thomas, get Thomas. Because you never know a year from now you're looking at Kittle. I mean, really, what has Kittle done that we just gloat about him? Now we could be saying the same about Thomas. Yep, I totally agree with you guys. And uh, Matt, you mentioned maybe even spending more than 25%. I'm on board with that as well. So, yep, get Ian Thomas on your roster if he's on your waiver wire. Next game, Redskins and Cardinals. Cardinals were almost shut out. David Johnson scored a second-half touchdown to avoid that. He didn't have a great game, though. 67 total yards and that score. And I'm I'm panicking on David Johnson. I'm going to sell him for one of these sophomore running backs if I can get uh, if I can get Fournette or McCaffrey, certainly if I can get Alvin Kamara uh, or Kareem Hunt, I'm going to sell David Johnson even up for those guys. Jeff, 
reaction or overreaction? Overreaction. I'll take him. I think it was just poor quarterback play. And, you know, Johnson's put up numbers with bad quarterbacks before. This team just lost Bruce Arians. They're trying to figure out who they are. Can I drop the stat that I'm going to give full attribution to Gil Brandt? All seven new coaches lost in week one. And so I think it speaks to that, you know, there is some finding our way type of thing that we need to make sure that we understand and we take into consideration. Yeah, I I can't give you, I mean, I, maybe I'd think about it if, if it was Kamara, but I can't give up Johnson for Fournette or Hunt or McCaffrey or Mixon, who we just brought up. He's still above all the sophomores for me. Um, the Cardinals, Lions, Bills, I mean, they were the, thir- the three awful teams this week. And they, the Cardinals may remain awful. I mean, they absolutely kill. I think the Bills will. But I still think Johnson is kind of matchup proof and a superstar. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And specifically, Matt, I agree with you. If I can get Kamara, I would make that deal. Uh, but outside of that, I'm, I'm keeping DJ. He's certainly going to have plenty of big games this year. Broncos and the Seahawks is the next game. Uh, we, we said earlier James Conner is kind of the d- talk of the dynasty world. And if not for him, it might be Philip Lindsay, uh, who had a big game, 102 total yards, had a touchdown as a receiver. He actually matched Royce Freeman's rushing stats uh, exactly. They both had 51, I'm sorry, they both had 15 carries for 71 yards. But then Lindsay was also a factor uh, as a pass catcher. I'm spending all of my blind bidding, waiver money, all of my fab money on Philip Lindsay, 100%. Matt, overreaction or appropriate reaction? Overreaction. I mean, if it was Jim Brown on the open market, I wouldn't give up 100% because you're going to need a kicker or something. You can't be out with with zero. But I hear what you're saying. Um, I love him. I think I've been been on him for weeks. I like You should have picked him up three weeks ago, all everybody. And if you didn't, shame on you. He probably already has been scooped up. But I'm probably in at like 85-ish. I mean, I think he's going to be a factor for the next couple of years. I think it goes, it hurts him a little bit, though, that Booker and Freeman are both, you know, pretty good receivers. You know, so his his role's a little less defined. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I mean, Lindsey didn't completely come out of nowhere. He had some buzz. He played well in in camp and in uh, in the preseason. So... If you're in a dynasty league with more than 24 players, he is probably already on a roster. Uh, and I think if you had told me that he was going to easily outperform Devontae Booker even as early as week one, that wouldn't have surprised me. But matching Freeman, getting the same number of carries as Freeman, and then, of course, adding in that, that work as a receiver, I think I would go 100% fab on him and in in most of my leagues matt you can there's still that first come first no, serve. Right, right, grab, yeah. grab your kicker if you need to for free but <laughs> right. I, I i honestly don't mind uh spending at all on Lindsay. i'm gonna say it's it's appropriate reaction jeff where are you with this one um talent's hard to find after the season starts on the waiver wire so i never fault somebody for being aggressive i was at um Bronco camp for a couple days and last day or two of July, first day or two of August. And he didn't look that good. You realize how small he is 
I mean, because the guy weighs, what, 165, 170 pounds? I mean, I think we're looking at Tariq Cohen kind of usage. But also, you know, the, the Seahawks were up 7-0. I think some of this was because the Broncos were playing from behind. In the games that they're playing from ahead, like against Oakland, maybe it's more Freeman. But to your point, I would still be aggressive on Lindsey. I would always say be aggressive on guys you think are talented. But him getting more than 10 touches any given week, I wouldn't bet on. I, I told you guys I like him, and I picked him up a while ago. But if he is a hot name, uh, I could certainly – he could get pride out of my hands. What would you need to trade him? I think players like that are always tough to trade simply because if you have them on the on your roster, you see – you know, you're seeing stars right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're envisioning he's he's going to do this every week. And if you're trying to buy him, you're still viewing him as, oh, he's had one good game, he's unproven, he's an undrafted free agent, he's small, like Jeff said. Best case, he's Tariq Cohen, and you don't want to pay more than a second-round pick. Uh, but the guy who has him, I think, would want, you know, honestly, quite a bit more than that. So I, I don't really see too many trades going down for Philip Lindsay uh, in the in the next couple weeks. Would you give him for Ronald Jones? Or which side would you want? Well, I will say I, I saw a poll on Twitter asking that exact question, Lindsey versus Jones. And it was uh, it was close, but Lindsey was winning that poll, I think, around 55%. So, I, you know, I'm not going to pretend that's that represents the entire market, but I think it's a, it's a conversation. I would still say Jones for now. What about, like, Traquan Smith in a second for Lindsey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, give me, give me Traquan Smith. Or how about straight up? Uh, yeah, I'll take Smith. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. So that means you you think he's worth a second because Traycon's probably worth a second. I think he, yeah, I think he's worth a second. I wouldn't sell him for less than a second. No, I don't want that. a third. In it, right. Next game, guys, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, my guy Tyreek Hill had another big game. We're going to talk about him again, Jeff. Seven catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns, and he also had a 91-yard uh, punt return for a touchdown. I'm moving Tyreek Hill into my top five dynasty wide receivers. Matt, is that an overreaction? Yeah, I mean. It's hard to make room. Right, that's the thing. I mean, is he better than Odell, A.B., Hopkins, Thomas, Allen? I like all those guys better. I might like Diggs better. How about Devontae Adams? You know, like five's pretty steep. Mike Evans. Yeah, that's that's why I asked the question. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I think. I think I have him at six now, so I would I would say slight overreaction as well. I don't think it's crazy, but uh, yeah, there's just there's so many great wide receivers right now. Right, Jeff. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. He is older than we think. Where there's some receivers that are younger, I say that because he bounced around a little bit in college. But I, if you really do think he's that high, I would take somebody that has more name value and less production like Allen Robinson and try to package Robinson with something for Hill because there are people that have those ranked similarly. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, only, only downside there is it's a tough, tough time to buy Tyreek Hill right now after he put up uh, 40 points in the first week, but uh, Hill with, with Sammy, with uh, Kareem Hunt, with Travis Kelsey, Hill's, 
obviously still going to have some some down games this season. But we heard from a lot of people this offseason that were preaching regression and he's only a big play threat. And, and maybe he is, but he just keeps doing it. Big plays are nice. We saw that with Vincent Jackson. You remember that? Everybody, oh, yeah. he'd have these, yeah. he'd have four monster games a year, and everybody's like, oh, poor, you know, you don't want him. I'm like, you know, those four weeks, he won your your game for you, regardless. And so, you know, if you have a bunch of volatile players, you're probably going to have a pretty high floor every week. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Well, we started the, started the show by saying uh, how well I, I did in my games this week. And it was really because of Tyreek Hill. I had him in a lot of places, and like you said, he won the week for me in, in some places where I had lots of disappointing players on my roster. All right, guys, we're going to pause here for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Next game, guys, let's move to the Sunday night game, the big comeback for the Packers, the big letdown for the Bears. The biggest letdown for me was another one of my guys, Trey Burton, He's been, he's been drafted as a top five dynasty tight end over the offseason and preseason. He, catch, he caught one ball for 15 yards against the Packers. Uh, they've got Allen Robinson. They've got um, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard now getting involved in the passing game. So th- there's mouths to feed there. Should we panic and sell Trey Burton for maybe Dallas Goddard or Mike Gusecki? Jeff? No. And I'm not even that big of a Burton fan. I mean, he was struggled to stay healthy in Philly. I just, I mean, what does Goddard, you're just, you're buying Ertz's backup for another three years. And I don't have this strong of a take, but there are a lot of people that I saw very negative about the rookie after the Thursday night game, just that he looked lost, all that sort of thing. But part of my dislike for Burton and Dynasty right this second is he was open several times and Trubisky struggled to find him. Like that one uh, time in the end zone, do you know what I'm talking about? He was open 10 yards and and Trubisky dumps it off to his left. So so you've got quarterback concerns there. Quarterback and health injury, health issues, all that. I'd rather take uh, one of the other younger, I mean, he's young, Burton is, but I would just rather have one of the other guys. I mean, let me ask you this, Kittle or Burton? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you the same thing since we talked about Kittle earlier. Well, again, Burton's been valued over Kittle and over a lot of these, these guys all offseason. Um, at this point, they're probably close. I don't know that you could even make that trade if you have Trey Burton. Uh, I, I would stick with Burton, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a conversation. They're in the same range. Matt, what about you? I certainly prefer Kittle to Burton. I've never been a huge Burton believer um, for a lot of the reasons Jeff mentioned. But I also think that they think he's their Travis Kelsey. And in a way, that's good enough for me because it doesn't matter what I think. And I do think Trubisky has a bright future and he may struggle in the near future. He's only played, what, like 20 games in his life? So I think he is you know, going to develop into a quality starter that a year from now would have found Trey Burton on that, that situation. But I still think he's a little overrated. So back to our original, are, are you selling him for one of the rookies, Goddard or No, no, Gusecki? no. I can't. Okay, I so. have those guys pretty far down the list. All right. Monday night games, there were a couple of them. Uh, the Jets and the Lions. Uh, the, the Jets had uh, a couple surprising performers. Uh, Quincy Anunwa, Isaiah Crowell. Both had big games. Crowell, 10 rushes, 102 yards, two touchdowns. 
Anunwa, six catches, 63 yards, and a score. Jeff, are you giving a second-round pick for either of those guys, or is that an overreaction? No on Crowell. I just – between the tackles, running backs, we've seen this before, whether it's been Blunt or somebody else, those guys will come and go in my book. And, uh, you know, Elijah McGuire will be back in a few weeks. Blau Powell's not special. Um, they even have a guy I like now in their practice squad, um, Henderson, that was at at Denver last I saw. But so I'm not on that. But a noon wall for a late second, I could be talked into that. A noon wall looks great. He's another guy that struggles with health concerns, but he's a pretty well known quantity, and it seemed like the rookie uh, liked throwing it his way. Yeah, he saw he saw ten targets, and it's. If you can flip a second-round pick for a guy who's going to see 10 targets or close to it every week, that's tough to turn down. I agree with you on both of those, Jeff. Uh, overreaction on Crowell, but appropriate on Quincy and Numa. Matt, what about you? Um, I, I think you guys make good points, but my answer is no. I'm not sure I'd give up my second for both of them. I just think, as I mentioned, that I think the Jet skill position players – are all going to look different next year, or, or, or greatly different, almost like the Bears situation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd give up my second for both, and I do like Anunwa as a player, but there's, he's far, I mean, are you comfortable putting him in your fantasy lineup? I'm not yet. I, I hope I could do better at that point. I do have one question for you guys out of this game, though. What's Kenny Galladay going to cost me? First rounder. Yep. I'm thinking maybe, maybe more, yeah. Yeah, at least. Um, he's a stud. Yeah, he had a great game. And, and talking about targets, he saw plenty of targets from Stafford as well. Uh, while Jones and, and Tate, they, they, Jones, I'm sorry, Tate ended up having a nice statistical game. He did most of his damage early. They looked to Jones late. He got, I think he got two or three targets in the end zone, but couldn't haul them down and, and ended up having a, kind of a subpar game. I'll give you Tate in a second for Galladay. Yes, you would. Yes. I might give you Marvin Jones for Galladay. Like, I think he's That's their, what their I best. was getting at. Yeah. Marvin Jones is what? A fourth round um, startup pick, Ryan? Fourth, fifth, sixth, something like he, that? Yeah, he he was. Yeah. And so if Jones is worth a fourth, fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth rounder, I think by the end of this year, we're going to talk about Galladay being worth more than Jones. I can, I, can I back up? We, we were talking about the Seahawks in Denver with Philip Lindsay. How do you guys view uh, Penny versus Carson? To me, that's interesting. Especially when you, uh, I saw uh, Ryan's tweet about Pete Carroll calling Penny uh, rusty. I don't think Penny's a very good prospect. Like, I, from an NFL perspective, I didn't like Penny that much. I thought he was like a third round guy. And I don't love Carson either, but they love Penny apparently, or did. I don't. I want nothing to do with either, any of that, to be honest with you. And that's that's kind of where I am. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure I want either of those running backs on my roster. And and after the injury to Doug Baldwin, I, I don't know if I want any Seahawks on my roster. It's been a long time since we said that, and and obviously Russell Wilson is is still going to get his, but uh, it's it's going to be a long year for Seattle. Let's wrap it up, guys. Last uh, game of the week and the last game of uh, th- that we'll discuss here on the show. Rams versus Raiders. 
Guys, it's this is this is sad for me. Amari <laughs> Cooper, one catch, nine yards, uh, only three targets, and then John Gruden came out after the game and uh, didn't have good things to say about Amari Cooper. Said that uh, they needed to get Cooper going, but that that was easier said than done. Uh, that to me, that sounds like a knock on his work ethic. Um, maybe maybe I'm misreading that, but regardless of exactly what it means, it's not good. Uh, I, I'm pleading with the Raiders Twitter and, and the Raiders team to trade Amari Cooper. They've already traded Khalil Mack, so I have a little bit of hope that they might actually do something like that. But for now, things are not looking good for my guy. I'm going to move Amari Cooper out of my top 20 dynasty wide receiver rankings. Matt, am I overreacting? I think so. Um, seeing him get shipped out of Oakland would be wonderful, though. I hadn't even thought of that perspective, but that would be great. Um, I just think that they're, no matter what Gruden said, and I do worry how Carr looks. Carr does not look good or comfortable either. But I do think history, and I know it's a long history, it's a, quite a while ago, that Gruden likes to feed his number one receiver. And I just don't know that it was a focal point of this game plan. You know, with Peters and Tlaib, they attacked the middle of the field with the run game and Lynch right up the middle, as well as Cook as a mismatch. And I don't think those things will continue, especially the passing game portion of it. Jeff, what about you? I think it's an overreaction, but I know other people have liked Amari better than I. In the one league where I have him, I probably should have sold him in the summer because he's probably not going to be worth more now. But I want to add one wrinkle. As since this show started, um, Martavis Bryant re-signed with the Ra- Raiders. You know, is that sending? All right, whether he gets suspended or not, them re-signing him is that a is that a shot at Amari Cooper? Maybe they're gonna trade him in an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, honestly, with with Gruden, just just who knows at this point. Um, I really hope, yeah, Matt, I'm with you. I, I hope this is, this is a sign of um, some trouble in the locker room and, and that Cooper sh- somehow gets shipped off. A, a couple of years ago, ideas like that would have just been laughed at, but with the way we've seen that team handled and, and built since Gruden came back, it, it seems like a realistic possibility at this point. Um I still love Cooper. I love his game. I love his talent. I want him on my dynasty roster. I don't know if I want him in my starting lineup right now. Yeah, that's hard. I'm still not moving him out of my top 20 dynasty ranks, but uh, he's 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 going to have to come down some unless he does actually get out of Oakland. Ryan, let's play, play the name game real quick. All right. Cooper or Cooks? Cooper. How about him? Oh, Cooper. Cooper or A- A-Rob? Yeah, I think I might have to go Robinson there. Okay. That's kind of the range. So it's it's going to be just outside the top ten for me. Bald, Baldwin. Oh, Baldwin's, man, Baldwin's okay. got a tumble. Okay. Bald, Baldwin's the one falling out of the top 20. Galladay. I, I'm not there on Galladay like you guys are. I definitely want Cooper over Galladay, not, not even a question for me. Juju. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Juju. I'll take Corey? Juju there. How about Corey Davis? Um, I'm still probably on Cooper, but I think that's that's a fair question, and I'm sure a lot of people would say Corey Davis. How about or last one? How about him versus the older guys? Like, so you get older production, AJ Green, Julio, 
or you get Cooper, who's young, and you can't put in your lineup. Which one do you choose? <laughs> yeah, I think can't put him in yeah, the lineup. Yeah, you've got to go. You got to go Julio and, and Green there, and obviously, uh, obviously Brown. Although he's he's a tier above those guys, but yeah, if you can get one of those guys, I think you have to make that move. The not putting him in your lineup thing is kind of a sticking point, though, for the twelfth receiver in Dynasty or something. He he got to that point last yeah, year. Yeah, right. Um, it, it took us a while, right? We had to see four or five clunkers in a row before he finally hit the uh, hit the benches in, in in dynasty leagues or in fantasy leagues in general. Um, and, and that's that's just kind of the rub with a lot of these young players. Is I really want them on my team, but they're not starter worthy. When you have guys like Cooper or guys like Sammy Watkins, then it gets tough because. They were starters in their rookie seasons. They were starters in their sophomore seasons. And then we see them struggle. And how do we value those guys? For Watkins, he just keeps going down. And uh, hopefully my boy Cooper does not experience the same thing. But I'm getting a little worried about it. Watkins and Cooks are interesting because they're on their, what, third team each or whatever. And, you know, good teams have given up on both. Yeah. However... You know, good teams also traded a first-round pick for Cooks and gave Sammy $16 million a year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, that will do it for our show. This was, uh, this was good fun. We covered a lot, of, a lot of players, a lot of teams, every game that was played this week. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Before we do wrap it up, tell all our listeners where they can find you and your work. Thank you, Ryan and Matt. I enjoyed it. Uh, football guys. And Twitter, I have a long last name. I'm the only Jeff T. Fertiller out there. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of Williamsons, plenty of McDowells. There are very few T. Fertillers. So if you see a uh, Twitter handle with a little kid in a popsicle, that's my now 12-year-old when he was a little kid. And Ryan's met him, and he doesn't have those chubby little cheeks anymore. But I do enjoy uh, being on here and talking football with you guys. I do appreciate it. All right. Thanks again, Jeff. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.